Welcome to Fuel, Sweat, and Science with Dr. Tip. Each week, we're going to take an in-depth look at how to avoid paralysis by analysis from all the fat loss, weight loss, options, noise, and claims out there, and move past a history of failed attempts which may have caused metabolic changes or suppression. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Breeding, PhD, fitness nutrition, and strength and conditioning specialist. My goal is to help you learn to balance busy, social, everyday lives while still seeing results and realize that losing weight does not have to be so complicated. Let's do this. Hey guys, and welcome back to Fuel, Sweat, and Science. Before I get started with this week's episode, I just wanted to do a quick plug and thank everyone so much for all the support of my podcast. I've gotten so much great verbal feedback, either from clients coming in or when I run into people, just that they've listened to episodes and they've really learned and enjoyed. It helps me so, so much if you can review and share the episodes or the podcast itself. So I just ask if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, if you enjoyed today's episode, to just please leave a review, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your info. So super helpful. I hate plug-in like that, but I think it's super important that we continue to grow the ability to impact and educate. So thanks so much for that. Today, I want to talk about recovery from injury, from surgery, how important nutrition is to that recovery process. It's amazing. And of course, working in a physical therapy facility, I see it firsthand, maybe a lot more prevalently than a dietitian or nutrition consultant in other environments where they're not, you know, consistently running into people that are going through some orthopedic setbacks, whether that's just rehabbing to avoid surgery or actually being on the other side of that and then trying to rebuild muscle and create some additional opportunity to get back into the game, quote unquote. And that goes for athletes or just everyday folks, you know, that are having just the impacts of aging or they've had an accident that has set them back and required an orthopedic surgery. And so I had a client today who's going into procedure tomorrow and and I said, well, you know, what could I do my podcast on? She said, talk about recovery nutrition because that way I can listen to it. So I said, perfect. That's a great idea because it's amazing anymore how many injuries and the breadth of surgeries and procedures is growing, obviously, as as technology is growing and the medical industry and research continues to evolve, there's so many other things that people can do to fix injuries, whereas before, you know, you just kind of grin and bear it, go through some physical therapy, take some anti-inflammatories, hope it heals, but now they can really kickstart those things with so many different things. But the nutrition side of that is so, so important, and I think we take it for granted You know, I think number one is our initial response to not being able to be as active after a surgery is that we need less calories. Well, you know, really amazing how much your body requires to heal, how much trauma is done to your body that you don't, you know, you've been through trauma, right? You've just had a surgery, but you just don't realize the disruption that happens and how much internal inflammation there is almost 20% more calorie requirement after surgery is what the research is showing. So again, let's say you're eating 2000 calories on average, you know, that's another 400 calories that your body is going to need per day to heal from 
a surgery, and that depends on the extent of it, right? If it's a minor procedure, outpatient procedure, that may not be as extreme as, say, a spinal fusion or something like that, but that's not to say there still isn't a need for a calorie surplus. And then if you're on some kind of a assisted device, crutches, cane, or anything, it's so much harder. I had surgery in November on my hips. Some of you guys may have known that, and I was on two crutches for a couple of weeks and then down to one crutch. And, you know, I don't know that I felt it physically, you know, I was just tired in general, but, you know, thinking back, you think about how much and just how to carry something and maneuver something, get in and out of the car and you're on one leg and you're, you know, kind of standing differently. So it it does make sense when you really think about how much more you're expending on crutches than just walking around. And so I think if, if you think about, just the first 48 hours post-surgery, just really dialing it in. And then for 10 days after, at least to just really optimize. But I mean, throughout your healing process, you may need a surplus of calories. If you stay in that deficit for too long, you know, can affect muscle protein synthesis. It can really impact the rate and the speed and the successfulness of your recovery. So Try to fight the urge to reduce or restrict because you're not moving. Once you heal, you can kind of modify that. And I think the other thing, or just thinking of the immediate side effects of surgery, you know, number one is so many people see constipation from painkillers or just the disruption in your body's flow and you have all that anesthesia and then, you know, again, you're not moving as much or dehydrated. You probably can't eat for several hours before the surgery. And then after you get out, you just don't feel like eating because you're a little bit nauseous. So your whole GI system gets disrupted. So definitely focusing on good high fiber foods. A lot of fermented foods can help with that, which have probiotics. It could be yogurts. It could be kombucha. It could be kimchi, if you like that kind of thing. Something that's going to give you kind of that effervescent, you know, sauerkraut, kind of that vinegary fermented food process is really good for the bacteria in your gut. Helps kind of get things moving. Prebiotic foods, those are kind of your more earthy fungus kind of foods, like Wheats and mushrooms, garlic, asparagus, things again, all that together can really help. And I know sometimes it's like, what are you up for? I mean, I don't know that after surgery, I'm like, can I please have me some garlic and asparagus? But maybe down the road, you know, when you're trying to work into some more natural eating patterns. And I think the other thing is just the nausea. I mean, for me, I took pain meds like for one day and then I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, I'd rather deal with the pain than deal with the nausea. But that's when you follow that brat diet, like bananas, rice, applesauce, dry toast, just something bland. It's going to set well. It's going to be able to give you some nutrients. And sometimes liquids are easier for folks. So just like a shake or a smoothie, you may not be able to stomach the protein supplements right away. But further into your recovery, that would be a great option. Because the other thing you have to really think about is what's happening to muscle mass. How do we really help to offset that process of resistance to muscle development and maintenance when you're so sedentary. And also when you go through that kind of trauma and you've got all that inflammation, you're also potentially creating some resistance to how your body is contracting and how it's building muscle. So what you can really focus on when you look at the amino acid profiles of protein, leucine, 
is kind of that anabolic trigger, they call it. And so that's really where it stimulates that protein synthesis faster as one of the branched chain amino acids. And so thinking of foods that have a higher content of leucine, or you could even look at a supplement for that. But foods are going to be, you know, cheeses and nuts and seeds, specifically almonds, pumpkin seeds, soybeans, which is going to be a great source of protein. It is a plant-based protein, but it also has a lot of leucine in it, but also chicken, pork, fatty fishes, tuna, salmon. So thinking of trying to get those in. And also if you're drinking a shake, maybe close to bed, focusing on a casein, which is a dairy derivative protein shake because it does break down slower and has a slower absorption window. So it's going to break down while you're kind of sedentary and overnight. It's going to help with that process of the amino acids too. And it gives you kind of a steady absorption instead of being a really quick uptake. So just some ideas on that anabolic process when you're more sedentary and how you can really fortify that. And also looking at, like I talked about a little bit ago, just looking at how to keep your body in a normal pattern and also just really be mindful of too much calorie restriction because we all want to maintain a healthy body composition, but the goal after surgery is to heal. The goal after surgery is to get your body back into a working state and then you can come back and work on body composition. But if you don't heal, it's going to be really hard to work on body composition ever. So get through that first phase and then you can shift gears I think the other things to think about, you know, if we look at after you've kind of gone through that healing process a little bit further, is the inflammation. You know, our body's response to trauma is inflammation. It's the healing mechanism. But if it's taken too far, right, it can become painful. It can become inflammation in the joint. It can become swelling around something. So, you know, it's you want a little bit of inflammation, but you don't want to exacerbate it by eating inflammatory foods because you've already got natural inflammation happening, which is helping your body to heal. So if you just make some substitutions on things, you know, if you're looking at fats, there's a lot of great anti-inflammatory fats, olive oils, flax seeds, again, nuts and seeds. So if you look at it and we talk about today, you can think what, what really tackles several things, right? If you focus on nuts and seeds, you're also going to get the leucine benefit from those nuts and seeds. So trying to find foods that are going to maybe play a dual role there, also going to give you some good calorie density. And so you're getting the calories that you need, you're getting the anti-inflammatory benefits, and you're getting the leucine Fats like, you know, the fried foods, processed meats, I think that's really hard because you may just like want to eat a turkey sandwich or Let's just, you know, make a make a quick pizza at home or let's just have some sausage in the morning. But that salty processed protein is so rich in infl- inflammatory factors. You have to be super healthy there. Of course, just your higher fat, higher saturated fat foods are going to really promote some of that inflammation too. Not to mention, again, when we talk about kind of your gut health and just trying to keep your system really clean. That's not going to help that either. And so I'm not saying if you got kiddos and they're going through surgery, like they might just want some snacks while they're recovering. Totally get that, right? We're talking about 80% of the time trying to get the quality in there. Certainly you can have, 
you know, a just I don't feel good kind of meal. Let's just have some ice cream and just, you know, cry it out a little bit. So I get that too, but just finding that good balance. Almonds and, you know, that's fruits and veg, right? I mean, you got to get some of those in there. Certainly there are some fruits and veggies that are a little bit more rich in those anti-inflammatory properties, specifically pineapple. And they've also, if you're cooking like some ginger and turmeric, which you've heard about, I'm sure it's like kind of all the craze right now, very anti-inflammatory green teas. So maybe if you're, you know, just wanting something hot and feel good on the throat and you're kind of feeling icky, like doing a hot green tea, making some shakes with blueberries and cherries, even some dark chocolate in there. So you could make some really good protein shakes out of some of those foods too. And again, try to find a good combination that are going to hit a lot of those pain points, something that tastes yummy and it's easy to get down like a shake, but it also benefits the protein component, got some anti-inflammatory, antioxidant rich foods. So hopefully as I'm going through some of these tips, you can think about ways again to find a good balance and find some things that are going to hit a lot of these different components of the recovery process. So you're not having to overthink it or add so many different foods in. Because I will say there's a fine line there. Like we're trying to recover and you're on meds and you're not feeling great and you're in pain and you just want to be comfortable. You don't want to just start trying all these new crazy foods like a you know, a ginger turmeric curry if you've never had one just to get all those components in there. But I think that you can kind of listen here today and kind of pick and choose what sounds and feels like something maybe you could work in and stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit just to aid the healing process might be beneficial for sure. I think the other things to think about, and this may not apply as much to the youth athletes with the alcohol intake, certainly alcohol is inflammatory. And so that's also going to really be important. And I know that for people going through recovery, again, you're at home and you just want to kind of relax and enjoy some part of your day since it's going to be so disrupted with surgery and having to be taken care of. And maybe friends are coming by and they want to have a glass of wine. And I think that's absolutely fine. But I think you just have to open that door really, really carefully because it does impair muscle building. It does contribute to inflammation. It is important to make sure you're monitoring that. And again, if you have college athletes that are on their own, that's something that maybe you need to make sure somebody knows about or coaches and can kind of monitor that as well. And I think you want to continue after that healing process to push the protein. You know, usually we're talking, you know, 0.8 to 1.25 grams of protein per kilogram. You could up that as much two grams per kilogram per day of protein. So the intake levels of protein specifically increase. And then again, within that protein intake, you can really start to add in and supplement in with some of those leucine rich foods. You know, I think the other things to consider is what kind of surgery are we coming out of, right? If you're having bone injury type of work done, that's going to maybe be an additional calcium supplement. You know, something like 1,500 milligrams a day would be reasonable. Maybe getting in a little bit more dairy. Again, the salmon, the cheeses, the broccoli, vitamin D is super important. So all of those micronutrients are super essential when it comes to the healing process. But for bone injuries specifically, there may be some 
of those additional needs that aren't just coming from the foods that we eat. These all can come from the foods that we eat, but if you supplement with a multivitamin or just one of these in particular, then you can get that big dose in a small condensed way instead of having to feel like you're having to eat all these again different and new foods if that's not something you're as comfortable with. And I think when you're looking at more soft tissue injuries, you know, maybe looking at a collagen supplement, maybe a glucosamine, maybe even a gelatin, vitamin C, all that copper, those are super important for the health of our soft tissue. And so I think finding some ways to work that in, of course, a lot of your fruit juices are going to have that vitamin C in it. Nuts and leafy greens are going to have a lot of that copper in it. And also, you know, zinc is something that is so important for the healing process as well. Just really helps to promote the protein uptake. Looking again at some of those foods that have a really good content of zinc. And again, that's going to be some of your leafy greens. And it's funny how so many of the same foods have all the micronutrients in it. And I think you know, that's just the reality of eating whole and eating fresh when you can. So I think the more you can just focus on quality in general, you're going to end up getting a lot of this that you need. But stuff like the gelatin and the calcium, the zinc, you know, that's stuff that you're not going to just immediately be aware of that are in certain foods unless you do some research on it. So sometimes just doing that in a pill form and talk to your doc beforehand and make sure if they're comfortable with it. I don't see why they wouldn't be if you get a good quality multivitamin or something that's promoting bone health or joint health if you've had that kind of a of a surgery or procedure. And then the only other one would be any kind of like a facial surgery or anything around the mouth, you know, had something, some kind of a, a plastic surgery or grafting. It's going to be probably hard to eat a lot of things right away. So just trying to find ways to get nutrient-dense foods in. That are also palatable and easy. But the cool thing is when you look at those other re- recommendations of like the fermented foods for the probiotics, and yogurt is super soft or milk, cottage cheese, you know, you've got the fruits and veg. It could be blended into a smoothie or a shake. And then if you're needing like those bland foods, applesauce, bananas, those are super easy to get down as well. Eggs, you can scramble them oatmeal, you could put protein powder in it, mix in some of that collagen if you needed to, you know, any kind of soft pastas, rices, you know, so I think there's a lot more there. The nut butters, if you can do butters, and if you can't, you could do a seed, or not that you can't do butters, but like a peanut butter or almond butter if you have a nut allergy, but you could do like a, a sun butter to get those seeds in there. So I think it's just about being intentional. I think it's being aware. I think a lot of the reason people don't focus on this post-surgery is they just aren't thinking about it, right? They've got a lot going on. They're trying to get things coordinated. If they're parents and they have kids and they're the ones having surgery, they've got to figure out how to make sure everybody's taken care of. On the flip side, if it's the kids that are having the surgery, then they're trying to just make sure they have all the support and all the resources that they need and have everybody comfortable in school and all the coordination that happens there. So Nutrition often just becomes, we'll figure it out kind of conversation. And so I'm hoping whether this is you as an adult listening, 
about to go into a procedure to just set yourself up with some meal prep and shopping lists and things that you know you can have somebody have on hand and you have the resources that you need. And I know a lot of times in surgery situations, people are bringing foods over, but a lot of times now because of all the allergies and preferences and lifestyle choices, people will ask, you know, is there something you guys like or that you want? And maybe now that you have these suggestions and lists, you can really maybe point them in the direction of making certain things that you know are going to have a good fiber content or going to have good fruits and veg in there, you know, like a big stir fry, maybe working in some ginger or turmeric. And you could even put that on yourself, a good brown rice where you're getting those grains in there. Avocado is going to have a super good fiber content and good healthy fat. So some kind of like a taco bowl or rice bowl and you can put some avocado and things like that. I would just say make sure you're mindful of like a lot of sodium or a lot of spices because it's the last thing you want is any kind of GI disruption when you're on crutches and you're having to get there and back and get there and back or a wheelchair. So you do want to keep things a little more bland, I would say, at the beginning until you kind of get your body back in a in a flow. So I hope this was helpful. You know, again, this is not directed just at an athlete post-sport injury recovery, although that is a big chunk of the population that gets injured because they're doing things that that are more prone to injury. But I think anybody, whether it's a knee replacement or an arthroscopic surgery or a plastic surgery, where you're just going to be out for a bit and you're having to moderate your food to realize that less is not more In fact, it can just delay your healing, delay your recovery and make things kind of drag on versus just getting through it, feeding your body what it needs, trying to maintain as much movement as you can under protocols. And then you can really work on getting your body back to what it needs to be if you do gain a little bit. But the loss in muscle is going to be more detrimental to the metabolic rate and your calorie burn than the eating of more food, which is all going to go to your body's healing. And it's smart. Your body's so smart. It's going to put it where it needs to be. It's going to use that food to heal. And, you know, again, if you do gain a little, you can always work on that, but you can't work on it if you're not healed. So hope this was helpful, guys. Um, You know, if you guys need any more specific recommendations, or of course, if you need physical therapy, Empower Elite are amazing practitioners and docs and they'll they'll get you where you need to be so reach out if you're making those decisions and need some recommendations i'm happy to give you my two cents anyway i hope i don't see you in for a surgery recovery nutrition plan but if you are headed that direction and you need some support and some specific recommendations i would always love to help and uh i'll talk to you guys soon